Last May, over 33,000 women from around the world attended the 2020 Wives of Integrity online conference. In the midst of a pandemic, wives understood more than ever that their marriages were under attack and they wanted to fight back. This year's event is even bigger, with more than 70 wives speaking on topics like communication, intimacy, faith, finances, military life, parenting, and much, much more. Head on over and register for free at wivesofintegrity.com. That's wivesofintegrity.com. Conversations Planning Guide with Emmy Beth Manor is a must-have. Emmy Beth, mother of 10 and labor and delivery RN, has been helping women have beautiful births for over 15 years. Childbirth is an amazing experience that God has designed for women. Planning and preparing are essential for this life-changing event. Grab your free guide to the top questions to ask so you can start planning today. Go to childbirthconversations.com slash walk it out. That's childbirthconversations.com slash walk it out. What would your relationship with God look like if you followed him out of love, not obligation? Authors and pastors Andrew Farley and Tim Chalice want you to feel true grace and freedom that come with knowing Jesus. In their new book, The Perfect You, they show you how to step into your identity in Christ as you live from your heart where Jesus resides. Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart to heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, today on Walk It Out, we're going to be talking about hope and harvesting joy wherever you are. And let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. So Caitlin Henderson is a small town girl from Kansas who fell in love with a farmer. She and her husband have three kids who keep her on her toes and clingy to coffee. And I will have to say an amen to that. <laughs> Caitlin <laughs> is passionate about showing people Jesus and about writing about her family's full life of grace, craziness, love, dirt, and cows. The Henderson family lives on a grain and cattle farm in South Central Kansas. So welcome, Caitlin. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here today. We're going to be talking about your book, Faith, Farming, and Family. And I mentioned cultivating hope and harvesting joy wherever you are. So um, we're recording this during the Arctic blast of the <laughs> middle of February. Um, I know we're going to be airing it later. So, you know, we got snow in Little Rock. And I know you're on a farm. I mean, just give us an insight of what it's like during this time of year on a farm. Well, this year definitely looks a little bit different than most of our years. Uh, We're in the middle of our calving season right now, which means all of our mama cows are currently having their babies. And normally that is great. We normally have fairly mild winters, uh, don't really have to worry too much. But with this Arctic blast, we are completely out of our element. Uh, Today is the first day that it's going to get above freezing in, I think, two weeks. And we have hit record lows in temperature. It has been absolutely insane. We've had negative 30 wind wind chills, which for us is completely abnormal. I mean, that is not our normal. Um, So we have been working around the clock, day and night, taking care of the cattle, putting out extra hay, breaking ice. Uh, We had ice on our water tanks that was almost a foot thick that my husband has to break a few times a day with an ax and make sure they have fresh water. And we're constantly rolling out hay so that they have more bedding. Um, but we have lost a few baby calves, unfortunately, Mm. that, um, somebody told me the statistic that in weather this cold, if you don't get the baby calf into the warmth within 15 minutes, it will freeze to death. So you can imagine middle of the night, they have a calf. I mean, if you're not out there 24 seven, it only takes a few minutes and then we miss it. And then this is, this has definitely been our worst calving season so far. It has been one hit after another, but the other night we actually, my husband found a baby calf that had just been born and it was only probably 10 minutes old and it was already, it was alive, but just barely. And we brought it in and we put it in our bathtub and we, bath. it was, I, I had it all on my Instagram stories and people were like, Oh my goodness. I've never seen anything like this. Cause there's, I didn't think my bathtub was ever going to recover, but the calf made it. And within four hours, we had it out in the, out in our barn and it was up and nursing its mama. And now it's fine. And it's, it's been absolutely crazy and we're exhausted, but at the same time, we're just so thankful and we feel so supported and people have kind of like rallied around all of these farmers and ranchers and we just, God's in here with us and he's still good and it might be hard right now, but we're going to get through it. Yeah. And it reminds me of my favorite books growing up for the Little House on the Prairie series. And I, we just read, I just read Farmer Boy with my 10 year old little guy. And uh, it talks about Almanzo's dad going out and he would have to like, he would have to wipe the, the snouts. I guess how do you say the cows, their noses <laughs> with the, uh, get the ice off of it. I mean, it's just, and this is something we read about a long time ago, you know, back in yeah. the olden days. And suddenly I'm like, oh my goodness, Caitlin is dealing with this right yeah. now. <laughs> We're living it. <laughs> So I have to ask, because I mean, did you picture like this is what your life is going to be when you were growing up? No, not even kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I I never planned on marrying a farmer. Um, 
I fell in love with Jake. I was still a senior in high school and he grew up here in my hometown, but his parents had gotten divorced when he was fairly young. And so he grew up in a town about an hour away from me. And then he's a couple years older than me. And a week after he graduated high school, his dad uh, was killed in a car wreck. So Jake Mm. came home at only 18 years old and took over the entire farm. He is the fifth generation farmer in his family. And I met him when I was still a senior and I, I knew, I said, there is no going back. So I married him and I knew I was going to be on the farm. This is our livelihood. It's in his blood, you know, generations and generations. And it was a really rough start into farm life for me. Did not grow up on a farm and, you know, the hours and the work and the sacrifices and money and everything that it takes to run a farm. It's exhausting. And for the first several years of our marriage, I I hated this farm. I kind of resented it. And then I started to resent Jake because it felt like the farm was a higher priority than me and our family. And it caused a lot of problems and um, was definitely a really low point in our marriage Mm -hmm. and even personally. And it took me surrendering it to God and praying and saying, okay, this is what I married into. This is what I signed up for. So God, why don't you change my heart instead of changing my circumstances? And slowly he did. And I, I don't really remember one exact point when I fell in love with this farm, but there was this slow transformation. And now I, I love it. And I'm right there alongside of Jake and our kids. We homeschool. So they are on the farm every day with us. And it is truly a family affair. Our kids helped us when we had the calf in the bathtub the other night. And, you know, they're right in it with this. And now I can say there is no other way that I would rather live, even though, you know, it wasn't how I saw my life turning out. Absolutely. And I want to go back to that, that time of surrender, because I think it's applicable to anybody, whether you're on a farm or you're in a city. I mean, I think with marriage or just with life in general, even for those who aren't married, I think all of us reach a point where we think like, this is not what I signed up for. I mean, I remember after I got married and I had married and I prayed for a future husband that would love me and love my son because I had been a teen mom and God brought me someone. But in the middle of living in low income housing, he was in school delivering Domino's pizza. We had one car, you know, I'm like, (laughs) wait, where is my life? And so, you know, I I know, even though, I mean, it's a completely different circumstance. I was, you know, low income apartment and with these little kids running around and you're on a farm. I think there is those points where we have to either be upset and angry and hate our circumstances, or we come to a point where we really surrender and just let God use us where we are. And I would just love to hear more because I know so many people, I mean, even now are like, what is going on with my life and where am I? So I would love to hear more about that surrender. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm the first to admit that up until recently, I used to beg God all the time to change my circumstances. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't like to be uncomfortable. I don't know if any of us really do, but I would always just pray for God, change our situation, change this, change that, change all of these things to make me comfortable when really God changing my heart in that circumstance grew me more and brought me closer to him and strengthened my faith more than if he would have just changed the circumstance. And that's kind of a hard thing to grab onto, I think, because we don't, 
we don't really like that. And I, I don't know any mm-hmm. of us that like to be uncomfortable, but I kind of remember this shift when we were going through a pretty hard time. Um, our middle son was about two at the time. He was really sick. The doctors thought he had leukemia. We were flying him all over the country to these specialists. No one could tell us what was wrong with him. At the same time, I was like eight months pregnant with our daughter, our third child. And we had gotten a phone call after a severe drought and, um, commodity prices crashing. Our banker called my husband and said, you guys are going up on the chopping block. We're probably going to be selling the farm. Like we're taking the farm from you. And all of this was just crashing down at the same time. And I had been fighting so hard and I was so mad and I felt like I was in the wilderness and that God had just left me because I was praying harder than I had ever prayed before. But every prayer was for God to change our situation, Mm -hmm. to take the valley and take take the fire away because we were walking through this fire and it was painful and I just wanted to be out of it. And I remember one day. I broke down and I just could not carry that weight and that burden any longer. And I went into our bedroom and I hit the floor and I just sobbed into our carpet and said, all right, I surrender it all. If, Mm -hmm. if we lose our son and, and our worst fears come true, all right, God, you love him more than I do. And I surrender my children to you because everything that I'm doing isn't changing our circumstances. I'm just losing the joy from my motherhood. And God, if you want this farm, if you don't want us to be farmers anymore, that's going to hurt so bad, but your will be done. And I just went through this list of items and burdens that I had been holding on to for so long. And I just, each one, I just put at the feet of Jesus and said, I don't want to carry this anymore. This burden is too heavy for me. And I I'm handing it over. And that changed everything. And our circumstances didn't change right away. You know, eventually we worked our tails off and, and we were able to keep the farm and our son is okay today. And, you know, not every situation worked out in our favor, but surrendering those things to God changed my heart in such a way that it was like a breath of fresh air and that I could finally breathe again because all these burdens that I was not meant to carry and not made to carry, I put them at the feet of Jesus and I didn't have to carry them anymore. And that gave me the freedom to live how God was asking me to live and do the things that he was asking me to do and let him worry about the things that he needed to worry about. And that's so good. And I was just um, writing to my journal this morning about that. Like we try so hard to control everything. And I, I mean, I have a house full of kids and I homeschool and write and all the deadlines. I mean, all these things that I'm like, order control, order control. Okay, fix these. And then things happen that are unexpected, whether it is this Arctic blast or whether it's a <laughs> pandemic or whether it was a drought for you or a child's illness. And we're always like trying to take care of everything. And um, God's like, hello, I'm right here. Like yeah. I want to be there with you. And um, this verse in Acts 17, um, 26, it talks about how God decided where we should live and our boundaries. And then um, it talks about how his purpose is for us to seek after him and know that he is not far from us. And that 
that term seek after him is actually like someone groping in the dark and like looking for something and then oh, God's yeah. like I'm right here and it's like I think when wherever we're in those dark situations and we're groping like we want an answer like we want to know immediately that our, our child's going to be okay or we're, we want to know immediately like oh my goodness we just won the lottery and we can pay off the farm and whatever yeah. we want the immediate answer and God is like I am here I am here for you and like you said you grew so much more in that place of surrender and having to walk through that than you would have if like all your prayers would have been answered immediately like God changes us in the process as we're groping and we realize like oh he is what we need because ultimately whatever we face he is what we need and I love how I mean and it's not easy like you say like everything didn't change overnight and even after those moments of surrender we might say okay I, you know you start worrying again because it's it's natural it's human nature but I, I love how you were talking about that it does take those moments where we really grow and we get to know God better and we get to see that he has good plans even in the hard things oh absolutely and my husband and I were just talking the other day about you know other hardships that we've walked through and you know even situations like we're facing now with uh, here on the farm and and trying to take care of our cattle and keep them alive and everything that's going on we looked back and we looked at those really difficult times and realized that if we hadn't have walked through that the situations that we've faced since then and the fires that we have walked through since then, like those just prepared us and made us stronger. Mm -hmm. And we walked into new fires knowing, Hey, we're not walking in this, in this alone. We're going to lean on God in this. And we're walking into another fire, but we know that the fire isn't going to consume us. God is going to use it to refine us. And we're going to lean on that and lean on God, knowing that he is going to get us through. So I think it's really cool when we can look back and say that fire was uncomfortable. I didn't want to walk through it. I would have, you know, I, I wouldn't have if I would have had my choice, but God still used it. And I think that's just so cool. Yeah. And I think part of the battle is like what we're going through in the moment. But another part of the battle is just the fear. So, you know, your, your son's ill. Like you said, you're flying all over and trying to figure it out. Well, your ultimate fear is you're looking ahead of how am I going to survive if my child dies? Um, you know, the fear is in the moment you're hearing, getting a call from the bank, but it's you know, like you haven't lost the farm yet, but it's the fear that's there. And so it's like the, the double battle of facing the situation, but then facing the fear of what to come. And I know so many times the, our greatest fears don't happen, but they're, they're still the things, the burdens that we carry along the way. Yeah. And I think one of the things that even today still helps me that I kind of have to remind myself of and lean on is this thought of what if, like I used to be the person and still can be that says, mm -hmm. what if about everything? What if my worst fears, you know, what if this, what if that, and we can play that game all day long, but it's just going to exhaust us and distract us. And I remember when we kind of went through that time shifting that what if perspective of every worst case scenario to, okay, let's go there. And then let's say even if. So mm -hmm. what if my worst fears come true? 
Well, even if God is still good, what if we lose the farm? Well, even if God is still good. And, you know, it's kind of like a gut check of making yourself stop and say, I can listen to these fears and I can feed into them and I can worry myself to death and I can lose some of my trust in God and try to take these worries and fears and burdens back into my hands. Or I can stop myself and say, well, let's just think about that for a second. And let's, if we're going to entertain that thought, let's entertain it all all the way to the end and say, okay, if that plays out, I can answer every single one of those fears with, even if God is still good. Our highest hope for our children is that they will grow up and remain faithful to Christ. With increasing hostility to Christian teaching by political and cultural forces, it's increasingly important to prepare them to understand the world and its problems through the lens of faith. Veritas Current Events can help. Veritas offers a weekly curriculum of current events focusing on the major issues of our time and teaching students to link, interpret, and understand those events in light of the constant teachings of the gospel and apply their faith to those issues. Preparing our children to carry their faith into the world is one of the most important things we can do. Veritas provides weekly lesson plans, backgrounders, and teachers' guides suitable for middle and high school. You can find examples and sign up at VeritasCurrentEvents.com. And with the coupon code LIGHT, that's L-I-G-H-T, you'll get your first month free with no further obligation. That's Veritas spelled V-E-R-I-T-A-S, CurrentEvents.com. Yeah, I think we can, we need a plaque that says that on the wall. Like, have what if, and have it like crossed out, and like underneath, yes. say, you know, even if, like, in some pretty calligraphy or something. <laughs> like, yes. But I think we all need that, and I love how you shared that in the book. Like, going past that what if, and and realizing that God is there, and we can uh, we can learn to turn to Him. You talked about being grateful and having gratitude, when, even when we face grief and when we face good things. I mean, it's not just like all of a sudden everything's going to be perfect and life's going to be, you know, easy. It's not because, you know, especially living on a farm, there's, there's seasons. And I think especially on a farm, you see the seasons of things are really hard and there's drought and there's storms and there's loss. And then it's coming back to the gratitude because you also see new growth and you see new life and you see all these things. So I, I just love how you're sharing your experiences and giving us a glimpse of like, okay, yes, it's hard, but yes, we can be grateful or we can appreciate what we have. And so I, 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 mean, I think your book is so beautiful in doing that. I think it's so cool that you can share your life and share these experiences um, in a way from a farm that we might not see like in everyday life. Well, thank you. Yeah, I just I feel like something I've really been preaching lately, and maybe it's just with everything going on in our world. But I see so many people who are tearing themselves down or even tearing others down about you know, you could always have it worse or like with us here in Kansas, well, we still have our power and electricity. So, or Mm -hmm. power and water and heat and all that. But I just keep thinking and and encouraging people that we can feel more than, than one thing at a time. Like we can feel grief and whatever emotions that those might be. And we can acknowledge that what we're going through is hard. And I'm okay saying that, you know, we're going through a hard season right now 
But at the same time, I can feel so much gratitude towards God and the blessings that he's given us and know that we're going to be okay. And it doesn't have to steal my joy. And I think sometimes we forget that we can feel both of those things at the same time, that it does not have to be one or the other, and that it's okay to acknowledge that something is hard and that we're still grateful at at the same time. Yeah. And I think it's such a good lesson for our kids. Um, I think so many times we're like, okay, I'm going to be happy. It's okay. Like, but it's okay. We could be sad. We could, you know, mourn loss. We could, um, you know, we could be concerned about what's happening in other parts of the country and we could pray for people, but then we could look for things to be grateful for. And I think so many times, um, you know, emotional awareness with our kids, it's just when they see us saying, yeah, I'm sad right now. Will you help me? Will you pray with me? You know, or yeah, this is, you know, this is worrisome, but you know, you just showing those emotions to kids, I think helps them see that we can have, like you said, we can feel a couple things at, a, at the same time, but we can still be faithful to God and we can still trust him and we can still um, know that he'll be faithful to us in our situations. And I think our kids are watching us. Um, so, you know, just to be able to show those emotions and show what's going on that show we, that we still trust God can actually help them even in the process. And I love how you said like, this is, our kids are doing all this, doing life with us um, throughout the day. Oh, yeah. And, you know, being out here on the farm, our kids have maybe more of a grip on life and death than mm-hmm. if we weren't out here on the farm. And, you know, we've lost some baby calves this season in the in the cold and the weather and our kids are right there. And we had this sweet little calf that was born and she was not doing yeah. very good. And our kids were bottle feeding her. And she actually, she went viral and all these people were on the internet were rallying around this one little calf <laughs> that, that the internet had named Hope. And it was, it was the sweetest story. And um, we went out and my husband found her the other day that she had passed away in the night and, you know, having to tell our kids, you have been taking care of this little mm-hmm. bottle calf and they're trekking out in the cold three times a day to check on this calf and feed it and take care of it. And they're pouring their own hearts into this calf and learning responsibility and right there with us. And then to have to go, yeah, she didn't make it. And that's so hard on them. But at the same time, it's such a good opportunity to share the gospel with them. And there's so many biblical lessons and characteristics characteristics of God that we can share with them in these moments that yes, we can absolutely be sad about this calf. Like we worked so hard and we did absolutely everything we could that yes, we are going to grieve this calf and you know what? We're going to keep taking care of all of our animals and we're going to keep doing our best because we believe that this is what God put us here to do. And it's okay that we're sad about this calf and we're going to acknowledge it. We're not going to sweep it under the rug and we're not going to pretend that it didn't happen. So let's talk about it and, and say how we're feeling and acknowledge that we're going to be sad about it. And then we're going to work through it as a family and we're going to, we're going to keep doing what we believe we're asked to do out here on the farm. 
Yeah. And I think your kids will be so much better for it in the long run. I mean, you know, hearing about teenagers that are just depression and anxiety and I, I you know, all these issues, I think it's because they, they haven't learned how to deal with emotions and to go through these things. It's easier to get caught on screens and, you know, focus on the people out there in the internet without interacting with these things on, in a daily life. And so I think um, your kids dealing with that is going to help them in the long run, which I think so many times I think, oh my goodness, I, I feel so bad my kids have to go through this. But I think it does, it does benefit that. Oh yeah. I, I, I hope so. I pray so anyway, I pray that we're not <laughs> scarring them for life, but I, I see how this farm is already shaping them and you know, the lessons that God has taught me as an adult that they're mm-hmm. learning out here is as children is really fun to see too. Yeah. And so I know listeners might be going like, Oh my goodness, I want to go to a farm. In fact, my kids, that would be like their dream to be able to go hang out on a farm for homeschool as part of their homeschool day. They would think that is amazing. Um, but I also know that you, you know, talk about really wanting the reader to just look around and recognize the beauty that God has put in front of all of us. So even though, uh, you know, we don't live in a farm, we do have two guinea pigs, a rabbit, two birds, and two dogs. So I guess that's our our little mini animal thing in the suburbs. But I mean, out the window, you know, we've been feeding the birds because everything is frozen over and these Arkansas birds have no idea what's going on. So I think we've gone through at least 20 pounds of bird feed, feeding the birds out there. But talk about a little bit about just how each of us can just look around and just realize that God has brought beauty all around us. Yeah, I think it's hard for a lot of us, especially Mm -hmm. when we are looking at our lives saying, how did we get here? We're not where we thought we would be. Where did we take a wrong turn? Or why are we not happy with where we are? Or why are we going through these things that we're going through or struggling with? And I think it's easy to get caught up on that sometimes because it's it's easy for that to become our focus. And, you know, like we were just saying, it's okay to acknowledge those things. It's okay to admit that we're struggling with something or maybe that we're not where we thought we would be. But I think when we can shift our focus and very intentionally try to find the beauty that is around us, that God has mm-hmm. surrounded us with. I mean, if it's even is something as simple, I will tell you what, I am the absolute biggest sucker for a sunset. I mean, I will stop what I'm doing. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. My husband's like, oh, it's pretty sunset. Let's stop the car so you can take a picture. I mean, I'm <laughs> obsessed. And it's, you know, it's such a simple thing, but it brings me so much joy now. And it's like our running joke as a family that I don't care what we're doing when there's a pretty sunset, which is almost every night, especially out here on the farm, we're going to stop what we're doing. And we're going to say, look at the pretty sunset. I'll probably take a picture. (laughs) And then we can go back to what we're doing. But it's just taking these simple moments that God has given us and not skipping over them, not just letting them pass us by, even if it is something as small as taking two minutes to just look at the sunset and say, God, that is a beautiful sunset. Like that is absolutely gorgeous. Little moments like that. And I think what happens when we start grabbing a hold of these little moments of beauty that we can find throughout our day it becomes more of a habit and it becomes easier to see these moments of beauty, but it also shifts our perspective and 
I think really centers our hearts to say, okay, God, you have me here for a reason. You have me in this season. Even if that season doesn't look like what I wished it would look like, mm-hmm. use it for your good and use it for your glory. And in this season, help me to see all of the beauty that you have surrounded me with. Yeah, that's so good. And really, all of us have sunsets. I mean, some might be harder harder to see, but yeah. I mean, we can pause. And it, it, usually my kids will be like, oh, my gosh, mom, the sky is pink. And, you know, I'm like cooking dinner. I'm like, OK, yeah, whatever. And yeah. you know, they're like, come and look. I'm like, OK. You know, and it, it takes two minutes to like go out yeah. and like, like, you know, you're like, oh, my goodness, that is a really pink sky. And that is really pretty. And I remember um, probably like four months ago when my little baby granddaughter, they live in the Czech Republic and they're able to come fly over during that one break when we thought, you know, the COVID was getting better. Uh-huh. They were able to fly over from the Czech Republic. And she was almost two at the time. And we were just walking to a pond in our neighborhood. And what is usually like a five to 10 minute talk, walk took like an hour because she would stop and look at every bug and pick uh-huh. up every leaf. And I was like, okay, this is going to be ridiculous to begin with until you realize like she's noticing things that I walk this all the time. I didn't realize there was flowers growing out of that crack in the sidewalk or you know, all these little bugs that are different yeah. places. And we, we with kids, and I know you probably see this all the time on the farm with kids, they can really like point out things that we would miss or in our busy life or you know with my kids telling me to go look at the sunset I mean so many times we do just need to slow down and there are things all around us whether we live in a city in the country in a subdivision that we can look and say wow this is a, a beautiful flower or sunset or leaf or rock and um, it can just remind us of the beauty that God has for us Absolutely. And I feel like we have so much to learn from kids. <laughs> they are so insightful in their little innocent way. I know our kids, uh, when it's warm out, their favorite thing to do is to just go down. It's like a hundred yards from our barn. We have this creek that runs through and they can spend an entire day just getting muddy, finding rocks. We have a rock collection to be all rock collections (laughs) and they are totally content and completely overjoyed with just playing in a little bit of water and mud for an entire day. And it's, that's all they need. They, they don't need anything else around them. And I oftentimes just stop and think I could learn so much from them because I can get so caught up in getting my checklist done and accomplished and getting everything organized and scheduled and, you know, running from one obligation to the next. And if I could just stop for a second and be like them, if they can be happy with a mud puddle, then I can find joy around me too. (laughs) Yeah. So good. Well, the book again is faith farming and family cultivating hope and harvesting joy wherever you are and we didn't even get to all the cool stories so we'll, we'll just say readers go and buy this <laughs> there's so many interesting and fun stories and you can find um caitlin on instagram on faith farming and family and i'm i'm telling you there are a lot of sunset pretty photos on here but your adorable kids and the cows and it is so fun just it is getting this little glimpse of the farm life um but also what i'd love is you know with each of those photos you're sharing a little story a little truth a little um insight into god's you know work in this world and i think that's what draws people in that's why people are 
you know, connecting with you on Instagram. And I know they're going to love the book because I love how you take these experiences and say, okay, here's some hope. Here's some, here's some um, joy that you can find wherever you are. So I'm so happy that you have this book and that you're doing this and just encouraging all of us. Well, thank you so, so much. And thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. And we'll have all the links in the show notes that have um, links to where they can find you. But you have to go look on Instagram because these photos are going to be great. And by the time uh, this broadcast, you might have to scroll down a little bit to see the snow photos, but they're going to be there. But thank you, Caitlin, so much for being here. Yeah. It was so fun to talk to Caitlin today. And let me tell you, if you want to lose about an hour, go over to Caitlin's Instagram page and you will be so caught up because there's the baby cows and the mama cows and the kids and the sunsets, which I love that Caitlin just shares her life. Um, Her book is, again, Faith, Farming and Family. And I love that she can talk about her life on a farm but yet it can relate to me in my life in a subdivision or your life in a city or wherever you may be. And I think it is because, um, you know, emotions connect us, even if we live completely different life circumstances. It's emotions and the worries and the pain and the suffering that really connects us, which takes us to today's Walk It Out verse, which is 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. And just as I talked about earlier that, you know, so many times these worries and these sufferings, it is like darkness around us. And we may feel like we are groping around and we don't know where to turn. And we're wondering like, why is this happening? And I know I have been there. I've been there within the last year, within the last couple of years of, you know, on the floor, not always on my knees, but crumpled on the floor and saying, why is this happening? I don't understand, but don't be surprised. Uh, we read in First Peter that this fiery ordeal is here, that it is a test, um, but that we can rejoice, that we can participate in the suffering of Christ and not in a test in the way that God is saying, okay, let's see how you're going to get through that. Um, I don't believe that, but I believe it is a test to ourselves so we can see like, wow, this is really hard, but God is there. And God is faithful and I can trust him and I can believe in him and I can believe that he is there for me and I can have hope. And even when things don't turn out like I thought they would, that I can still trust and believe in God. And so many times it is those fears of what if that are the biggest burden. And yes, hard things can be happening right now. But I found when I turn to God and focus on him being with me in the moment and not focusing on all the worries and the fears of what could happen, um, like Caitlin was saying, instead of saying what if, to say even if, even if those things would happen, that God is there. But even more saying, even if that might be my future in this moment today, God can be with me. It can change everything. So again, that's First Peter 4, 12 through 13. So let me just um, take a moment and pray for us. So, 
Dear Heavenly Father, I am just so thankful that you are here with us. And I thank you for Caitlin. I thank you for her family and her farm and the cows and the kids and all that you use to um, have her just teach us and to inspire us and to remind us that you are there and that you are faithful. I pray that you will bless this book. I pray, pray that you will bless Caitlin's family and just continue to hold her up as she inspires so many, Lord. I pray for each person there that may be in the midst of a fiery trial or burdens or hardships. I think all of us in some way um, are going through that. And I pray, dear God, that you will just be with us, that you'll remember that the the test is that we can see that you are there and that you are faithful, that even as we're groping around and trying to find answers and trying to find comfort and trying to find control, that the best thing we can do is to just embrace you, to reach out to you, to love you. I pray that you will help us to do that more and to um, remind us that you are always there and you are always faithful. And I thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friend, I am so encouraged. I'm so thankful that you tune in to Walk It Out. I love sharing. I love sharing stories of those um, who are just inspiring. I love sharing what God is speaking in my heart too. And I hope that you are encouraged. If you know someone that um, needs to hear this encouragement that Caitlin and I shared today, pass it on. If they need uh, just a bit of enlightenment in a joyful moment to look at some baby cows, um, you can go and check out Caitlin's social media, which will have all of those in the show notes at walkitoutpodcast.com. But just know that I hope that you are encouraged and that you are inspired today. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.